Welcome to the American Hauntings Podcast, where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and today we are bringing you a special bonus episode in a series which we call The Countdown to Haunted America. In this special series, we will be interviewing speakers and vendors from the upcoming Haunted America Conference, which will take place on June 21st and 22nd in Alton, Illinois. Today, I'm joined by Karen A. Dahlman, the director of the Talking Board Historical Society and author of The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. She's been featured on Beyond Belief, Coast to Coast AM, Fade to Black, Ghostly Talk, Big Seance Podcast, and many other alternative media programs around the world. Karen also holds a master's degree from the University of New Mexico in archetypal art therapy, is a licensed psychotherapist, and is experienced in hypnosis, past life regression, and channeling. So please welcome Karen. Hello, Cody. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I'm super excited about this Haunted America conference. You know, it's my first time being there. Yeah, I was going to ask if uh, if you had ever been before or um, how. So if this is your first time, how did you how did you get involved? How did you hear about it? From one of our best friends, favorite friends and one of our favorite podcasters, Patrick Keller, the big seance. He told huh? me all about it. And in, in fact, I watched him attend. He would do videos and pick pictures with people there that we all know from the big seance uh, Facebook page. And Patrick and I go way back, and he just said, you've got to go to this conference. So Troy and I started talking about it, and Troy said, yeah, let's have you come this next year. So that's why I'm going to be there in 2019, and I'm super excited to be there. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are very glad to have you. And Thank we'll you. Be talking, we'll be talking a little bit more about what you'll be doing at the conference, but uh, I just gave a little little spiel on you and what you're about. I apologize if I pronounce anything incorrectly, but I'll definitely walk through some of that. But can you, I'd like to start these off just by asking, um, and I, this is just a general question, how'd you get into all this, you know, weird stuff, as, as other people would say, you know, about the things that we are into with paranormal and hypnosis and, and, and past life regression and all these things that people find macabre or a little odd. How, how did you get involved? Can you tell me how you became interested? Yeah, I became one of the woo-woos, <laughs> yes. like okay. the rest of us out there, uh, years ago. But you see, I, when I was young, I had experiences that couldn't be explained. Um, and most people told me I was making things up or I was, had, a, had an ac- active imagination or I uh, had bad dreams or I, was, I had imaginary playmates and all that was, it was nonsense. <laughs> the truth was I had very many experiences with different spirits and beings throughout my life, uh, but starting at a very young age. So I pretty much tried to tuck that away, as many of us do, because we're told not to act that way, not to talk that way, especially in the 70s growing up. You know, you don't, yeah, just come right out and do that stuff. And even today, right? I mean, a lot of people just, it's more acceptable, but even still people say, you don't want to talk about that around different circles of people, only with our paranormal group. Um, But. But what happened is um, those those experiences pretty much haunted me in a positive way, meaning they never went away. They never left me. And I found other ways to begin reaching into the unseen dimensions and exploring them. And no doubt that my choice to go to school and study psychology and then become a psychotherapist and an art therapist and do hypnosis and regression work was all because I knew there was so much more to the human mind and the human experience. I knew that there was other ways to explore ranges and realms of consciousness, as well as to where we came from and where we're going and just to begin to reach into those other dimensions and maybe find some answers. So that's, it was always, it was always very exciting for me, um, to know that I could do this. And 
one of the one of the most incredible ways I've done it the, all these years has been with the Ouija board. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about what I'm I'm seeing as the positive side to the Ouija board? Yeah, well, you know, people say, oh, positive, how could that be? I mean, aren't they portals to demons? You know, the exorcist shows yeah. us, the movies show that, right? So everybody has that connotation or the stigma. Well, if you look, if you approach it from a therapeutic st- standpoint, which is what I've always done, I mean, my training is as a psych- psychotherapist, but yet I've always been that way of thinking, how can I improve myself? How can I uh, become the best version of me? Why am I here on this earth? Why did I choose to incarnate? What are, what's my purpose here? And in, in trying to answer those questions and then reaching into the realms and meeting with uh, beings of uh, such as angels and guides and ethereal beings, higher dimensional beings, even my higher self, the answers came through and started giving me insight into my participation and experience with life. And in doing so, it became a very positive experience as one means and one form of communication with um, these loving beings that are out there to definitely help us along the way. Wow, that's, that's very interesting. You know, I have a few boards myself. Um, mostly, I, I, I like the way they look, you know, and I, they think they're, they're very nice pieces. And I, I love, you know, the paranormal and the kind of this, this side of, of the world and um, but, you know, my, my parents and my family, very traditional um, old Catholics, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, should, shouldn't have those in your apartment. And I was like, look, if I come home and my apartment's completely cleaned itself, you know, then we might have something to worry about. But I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that this is necessarily, um, you know, a bad thing. I think it's probably one of those things. I would guess you get into it what you put out of it or what you're, what you're you know, if you're trying to do bad things, then maybe bad things would happen to you. But I... Um, I'm always skeptical about, about the Ouija boards, but I'm also, I'm not an idiot. So I don't try to see, can I summon something bad? You know, that's never, that's never been my MO. So I have a few of them around the apartment. I love them. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, is it archetypal art therapy? Is it, am I pronouncing that right? Archetype? Yeah, you, you did very well. A lot of people say archetypal, but you, it's, it's traditionally archetypal. Um, and it's based on Carl Jung's work right. where there's this group of archetypal energies that we can resonate with, uh, and it's universal. So my background was really learning to understand what are these patterns that resonate at, at larger scale that we're all a part of. So it just goes hand in hand with even being able to talk to these ethereal beings. Technically, I could be talking to archetypal energies. Um, but the way I approach it, and I love what you said, Cody, about your boards and your belief about them. It really is your mode of operandi. It's your MO, as you mentioned. It's also your intentions. It's it's what and, and how and why you want to use this tool. And then that falls into place with what your beliefs are and your perceptions are about it. Now, I've got to ask you, which boards do you have? You know, I'm a collector, and I'm also a member of the Talking Board Historical Society. So I, I'm very interested when people say they have a few boards. Do you know which ones you have? Sure. Um, if you give me one second, I can actually grab the box for one. Oh, wonderful. On. So while he's grabbing that, you guys, I love collecting boards. I have now in my possession uh, 40 boards uh, that I've collected. Um, it's growing. But let me tell you what, that's small. That's a small collection compared to my fellow members at the Talking Board Historical Society. Oh, wow. Most of them have hundreds and hundreds of boards. Robert Murch has a th- over a thousand boards. Jeez, where does he keep them? He has a museum in his house. He has one whole oh. floor of his house to, to, dedicated to a museum. He has to keep some in storage. And also a lot of them go into our, our museum, our traveling museum that we take to different events. So, And he, he rotates them too and pulls them out and uses them for different times and purposes. So it's, it's, really, it's really awesome. 
Wow, that's amazing. Isn't it? Um, I mean, so the, one of them I have is actually a Stranger Things themed one because I found it oh, yeah. for a dollar. Love um, that one. Yes. Yeah. But the, the main one that I have, I actually won it at the Haunted America conference. <gasps> um, it says William Fold. Fold you won a William Fold board? Apparently I did. And it looks like exactly what I had in my head as they look like. I'm guessing I had an impression from pop culture or something, or maybe it's a, a popular one. I don't know, but. Um, that it's exactly what I think of when I think of a Ouija board. And, uh, yeah, so that's the one we have, uh, sitting on my, on my coffee table in the, in the living room. We, uh, we don't use it as a big coaster, but it's, uh, it is. Oh, good. There. Don't use it as a coaster. I have some of those I rescued, but let me tell you, the William Fold board had to been 1966 or earlier. So that's a good, good board to have. I mean, William Fold, that company sold in 1966 to Parker Brothers and, and Parker Brothers took it over and then just went skyrocket with the sales of Ouija boards. Although William Fold t- did a big dent on sales of Ouija boards, too, and took it to its popularity, really, as we know it today. So you've got it. You've got a great you got two great boards there, actually. Fabulous. Well, awesome. Thank you for letting me know that. Yes. Uh, that's great. Well, I got to um, tell you, Cody, we're yeah. going to, we, the Talking Board Historical Society, I will be representing them there as, as, along with my books and myself, but I'm going to be selling their merchandise, but I'm going to have a dozen boards with me. These are talking boards that are from Winning Moves. Uh, they're one of our partners in this, and we're a nonprofit organization. So anything that anybody buys from me is a write-off uh, in terms of the boards. Okay. And um, we, I'm going to have T-shirts there and pens, all kinds of fun stuff from the Talking Board Historical Society. But I'll have about a dozen there, I, I believe, and they're going to go quickly. But I wanted to let you guys know that we will have boards for you because I am teaching a class in the evening there about oh. using the talking board. Awesome. Yeah, that was going to be my next question about what were you doing at the conference. Um, so that's great. So you're going to have a class on what just is it just how everyday people can can use this board and, and try to get out what they put in, I guess. Absolutely. So it's called Wielding the Ouija, and I believe it's Saturday night. Um, we're going to go for about two to two and a half hours. I know the the the, the, the agenda right now. Our schedule says an hour and a half. It's actually going to be Troy's approved. It's for me to go two to two and a half hours. Just people can get out in time to go to their, you know, ghost hunting event, uh, event that night, the investigation they're going to go on. So I'm going to take the time to really teach people to sit down with them. Um, we have just a, a maximum number we can have in that room, and I'm going to sit and work with everybody so they can get their planchets to work and give them some ideas and suggestions and tips and tools of the trade to get it to work. Also, I'm going to be speaking um, earlier that day about uh, this, the Ouija board revealed a little bit about its history and how it's been used throughout the years and highlighting some of the really important ways uh, and turns the board took along the years as well as some of my own personal work and where I've pushed the boundaries of consciousness with this tool. And my goal with anybody is not to say, hey, I want you to use the Ouija board. But if you so choose, my mission is and goal is always to help you have the best experience because Mm -hmm. the experiences that I have had over the years, and I'm going, Cody, into 46 years of using this tool, 46 years this summer in July. Man, so it's a, it's a long time. It's a it's a very long time um, that I've had such incredible experience that have helped me in my life and tremendous uh, life affirming, life changing for the positive ways that I really want everybody else to have that that kind of experience too, if if they so desire. So that's my goal for the talk and also for the workshop. That's great. I think that's a great that's a great mission um, you. with you know on a very interesting piece uh, so that's cool and I've never I haven't really heard of anyone doing that so much I haven't looked into it but I 
um, I like that because I've always wondered, you know, like, I, how do I use this thing? And, you know, I, I, people are hesitant, I know, and some people, I'm sure, don't believe. But, um, you know, I, I'm very I'm very curious now. Um, I, I studied psychology in college. Um, I was a psych major. That bachelor's, that, that means nothing for people listening as far as psychologists go. But I uh, go to a psychologist uh, rather frequently and have for a very long time. And I'm curious, um, you know, as far as hypnosis and past life regression and things, how has you know, using Ouija board and learning about that, how has that um, influenced your uh, psychotherapy and vice versa? Well, before I became a psychotherapist, of course, I was, I was using this tool, but I had a turning point, and I'll definitely share that at the conference. I'm going to save it for the conference. But um, it was in 1986 when things had really shifted for me using the tool in terms of me being able to see the magnificence or the magnitude of impact using this tool could have on grief closure of grief and then also beyond. And then I went into graduate school shortly after that and started studying um, to become a therapist. And although I always was in the closet, if you will, about my board use, it wasn't like something you would talk about to your colleagues or even your clinical clinicians at hospitals or, or places of that nature. And I was in private practice too. Um, you didn't bring it up unless it was you were you you knew the person was like into spirituality or something or yeah. and then you might be able to share it. And, and by the way, it got to that point where I had several psychotherapists who would use the board with me or at least be in my sessions to gain information. But I will say this too, Cody. Um, I really respected uh, psychiatry, psychology, and that whole genre of working with humanities. That I didn't cross the two over in terms of. Uh, let's bring Ouija board to work with my clients. Instead, I would allow them themselves to go on their own journeys with my my abilities to do hypnosis and work with uh, regression work and even progression work, depending on where they needed to go to work with a certain issue in their life. And then, of course, the art and the work with the art to get messages from their subconscious and their and their uh, higher self, which the art does well. So I was always working with helping people travel between the dimensions of themselves and understand more about their the nature of their being or the cause of an issue or um, you know where they want to take their life. And then, you know, privately in my own time. Not only was I using those techniques myself, but I was also using the board where I already had at that time made connections with who I now call the guides. They came in in 1994 and also one of the angels I work with who comes through since 1989 and she comes through all the time. And they would consult with me and give me ideas in terms of how to write my book. So I wrote one book which is called The Spirit of Creativity. It was written back in, in 19, it was finished in 1997, so it was written in 1996-97, and back then I was practicing as a psychotherapist in private practice. They helped me write that book based on the work I was doing with clients. And so that book that book really took people into these techniques of self-hypnosis as well as art, art therapy techniques to get their own inner messages from their subconscious or from their higher self to receive their own inner guidance and empower themselves through these techniques. And then I I would use the board to write this. They say they would get on the board and they would tell me, the guides would say, well, I want you to take that concept deeper. And have you thought about blah, 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 blah. And I want you to go further. They would, they were like guiding me and coaching me as like an editor would. And together we wrote that first book and we've been writing books together ever since. Wow. That is a lot. That's a lot to take in, but I like it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to really break more of this down um, during my talk because there's a lot of uh, things I think the people can can you know take as a takeaway whether they're going to use the board or not because it does get into accessing um, 
your own inner dimensions. I mean, we are multidimensional beings, but we're also, we have a lot of dimensions within ourselves, And a lot of things we keep within ourselves hidden, we might call it our skeletons in the closet. We sweep it under the carpet and that stuff will always come up unless we, unless we confront it. So my talk gets into some of that and there's many ways you can do that, it, not just use a board, but I use the board for the purposes of doing that and then also connecting with loving beings that are willing to serve as your guides and help you work through your, your, some of this stuff and then just allow your potential to express itself within the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, I think it's, it's great because the, the older I get, the more I realize the importance of self-awareness and self-understanding and, you know, just even going so far as to write down my behaviors. And when I have a, when I'm in a good mood, when I'm in a bad mood and writing down, you know, okay, what happened right before that? And you know, what, what might have triggered this and trying to just understand. And if I feel a certain way and I see certain patterns about myself, trying to dig deep and think, you know, where did this come from? And that self-reflection, I think, and you know, any tool that you can use to, to help with that, I think is unbelievably beneficial. Um, so I, I love, I love what you're doing. Well, thank you. And absolutely. Um, what you're saying is so true. I, I recommend everybody always keep a journal. Um, and it could be, you could be a journal that you sometimes write your dreams in, you write what you're feeling. Um, you, you might even let yourself do some automatic writing, which I do often where I let, I just let it write. And it's not so much automatic writing where the spirits take over my hand. It's more mm -hmm. like automatic free flowing thought. And then mm -hmm. in that messages start coming out. And then sometimes the guides will come through and other beings will come through and communicate, but mostly it's some of my connections with my higher self. And, and the reason why I recommend this is because life is tough. Life is not easy. Life has its ups and downs. And sometimes if we have a, an outlet or a way to, like you, as you said, to become aware and self-reflect upon it, we can find those hidden messages or gems in there with, to help us. Dreams are fantastic for that. I always talk about, you know, working through dreams. And to me, working with the board is, is no different than uh, writing in my journal or working with my dreams or having a conversation with you, Cody. And we're talking about such interesting things of, of human nature. It's, it's, I use it in much the same way so it doesn't seem so woo-woo or weird um, to, to myself. I understand it does to other people. But um, all these ways of looking at herself allows us to have that sense of who we are, what's my purpose, what am I going to do to do next, and to learn to trust that. Also, one of the things that this self-reflection does, if you understand when you're feeling something and you go, that's my feeling or that's not my feeling, I'm sensitive, I'm picking up on somebody else's feelings, then you start developing, you know, your empathic abilities and realizing that, you're, that you might have sensitive, you know, the clairsenses or something, and that you're learning to discern them. And so writing this stuff down allows you to say, that's not me. I walked into this room and I all of a sudden I felt angry, but that's not me. I'm not angry about anything. Or maybe you were. Then you go, that is me. Oh, I'm bringing the energy with me. But it gives you that opportunity to discern. And this, these are things I'll be talking about during my workshop because maybe not su such depth there, but I'm going to talk about discernment because this is how you learn to use the board. This is how you learn to know what it is you're communicating with through the board. This is also how you learn to know which feelings are yours or not yours. You know, you could develop, like I said, your empathic abilities, your intuitive abilities. It just helps us refine those inherent abilities that we all have within ourselves. We, we all have these abilities um, to connect with other dimensions. And in that, like, once again, that's within ourselves and also outside of ourselves. And so through the power of discernment, um, as we'll get into more during the talk, uh, this is how you do it. So I'm glad you brought that up. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know that some people might shy away from, um, from like, you know, the woo-woo stuff, as you mentioned. But, you know, at, one, at some point, people, you know, were like, okay, yoga's weird or meditation right. or, you know, DMT, ayahuasca, different things. And I know people have gotten benefits from, you know, all of the above. So who knows? Maybe, maybe you're just ahead of the curve there. And hopefully people will, will come around. And you know what? If not, if you can still help reach a couple people and help them, you know, feel better, then it's still all worth it. Um, so I only have one last question for you. Uh, I'm curious about, uh, you know, w- w- Troy and I talk about horror movies and stuff all the time, and I don't know if, if you're a fan or not, but I'm wondering, do you like any of the movies about Ouija boards, or do you not like how they're portrayed, or do you just get to get past that and enjoy them, or do you have any thoughts on that? I love them all. I think it's hysterical. I usually laugh at them because it's so yeah. funny to me, so preposterous, but I, I enjoy them, and I think it was it's brilliant what Hollywood has done with the Ouija board and how they've taken it and made it into this scary, spooky, terrible thing, demonic uh, <laughs> item, and I think that's really quite hysterical. Um, I do think it has done a, a disadvantage and a dis- disservice to maybe some of the work that some of us do that are more positive with the board. But mm-hmm. yet, you know what? That's entertainment. That's what Hollywood does. I mean, they took the tool that was in everybody's closet, everybody's addict or everybody's basement, you know, that they play with as a child ever since the early 1900s, you know. Well, the board came out in 1890, but so, but it hit its heyday in the 1900s. And so everybody had it, you know, and, and in fact, um, you know, when it was sold to Parker Brothers, it outsold their, their leading game at the time. It sold 2 million copies in that first year alone. People mm. were buying this. And so here, here comes The Exorcist. The movie, the movie came out in 73. The book was in 71, I believe. And I got my board in 73 too, by the way. But, um, it comes right. out in, <laughs> it comes out in 73 and it used, it, it capitalized upon this greatest selling toy out there. It was called a toy then. Greatest selling toy out there. So they were very smart. And I love the movie Ouija, The Origin uh, of Evil, where yeah. the gal picks up that planchette and holds it to her eye and she can see, oh my gosh, spirits, spooky things. That's brilliant. I mean, that they, they made that up themselves. That's just fantastic. And so I appreciate it. I, you know, to me, that's just entertainment and it's humor. It's humor. To, it's humorous to me and not to everybody, but I also like to get scared. So I, once in a while I get a little jolt and mm-hmm. you know, I like, Oh, that kind of got me there. I kind of like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear you have such a positive attitude on it. Uh, I think you're, you're hundred percent right. Um, Karen, where can people find you and, and find what you do? Well, for sure, if you're coming out to Alton, Illinois, to this wonderful conference, which I can hardly wait, please come out and say hello. And even if you're afraid and you're not sure about the Ouija, come to my talk at least, because I'm going to, I think I'm going to, it's going to be different than what you've heard before. I guarantee you that. Um, And in the interim, before I'm there, you can find me at creativevisionspublications.com or easy enough, my name KarenADalman.com. That's my website. Uh, look for me on the internet anywhere, Karen A. Dahlman. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, come, come check out some of my videos. You'll get a sneak peek on some of the things I do. Um, I'm already starting to talk about this conference on the videos as well. We're, we're super excited about it. When I say we, it's me and the guides. They'll, they will definitely be there. They come with me everywhere. Um, and they may come through. You never know. But uh, yeah, come, come check me out on social media and also YouTube and my website. And I can't wait to meet you guys in person. Yes, I very much look forward to, uh, to hanging out with you at the conference. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cody. I look forward to meeting you and Troy in person. And thank you guys so much for having me. It's going to be a blast. 
Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us at the Haunted America Conference, June 21st and 22nd at the Best Western Premier Hotel in Alton, Illinois. For tickets, as well as a list of speakers and events, head on over to ghostconference.net.